genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one um, scene full of CGI animals dying at, at a time. <laughs> one one Man, minute Monday. full. Man, Mondays just have a habit of being grim. <laughs> one minute full of them. Um, I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. There's more than one minute of CGI animals dying. <laughs> yeah. I'm not about that life. Um, today we're talking about Minute 161, which starts with Faden saying, reform the line. And it ends with um, a lot of death. Yeah. Uh, a guy's shooting an arrow out of the... What would you call that? A tower. I would call Is it a tower. Is that a tower? It's like a siege tower on the back of the Mumakil. Um, What's the name of... Uh, the Haradrim. No. What's the name of the what? A palanquin. Is that uh, what that is? I I guess, yeah. I think so. You know where I learned that's that word? The Decemberists. Yes. <laughs> From uh, a song that absolutely slaps. Um, it's the Infanta, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what a palanquin is? I think so. Or is that the one that's like your, it's like a bed that people carry instead of an animal? Isn't that a leader? A litter? Litter? Yeah. Is no, it... I mean like, you know, um, a litter's like a... Um, the thing that you, like a stretcher oh i don't know maybe pal I, i'm gonna look it up. maybe maybe palanquin is the one that's like a, an enclosed thing like a carriage but just people are carrying it yeah oh the palanquin is the one that's um palanquin uh carried on horizontal poles by four or six bearers so yeah that's the that's not the animal one so i it, don't know what it is it is a covered litter yes for one passenger yes like, uh, we just watched Howl's Moving Castle. The the Witch of the Swamp arrives in a palanquin. The Witch of the Waste? The Witch of the Waste. Not the Swamp. Yeah, the Waste. The swamp Witch of the Waste. Witch. Swamp Witch. There's no swamps in that. I guess not, yeah. The Witch <laughs> of the Waste. I'm tired. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> but it's Monday, Norman. I know. We have a whole week ahead of us of, like, of watching, shenanigans. Watching the Moma kill and, and horses just violence upon each other. What I mean, man, these riders are Rohan, though. They're ride or die, literally. <laughs> Reform the line. <laughs> Charge. Laugh at my dumb joke. Come on, yeah. Laugh at my dumb joke. Ride and die, really, actually. Boo. Boo. What does Zayden hope to achieve? I know, like he's rallying the troops. I mean, it's but, better like, to die fighting, I guess. Yeah. Look at them, though. They're big old beasties. I mean, they take some down. Not in this minute. No. But they, next week or this week. Yeah, they manage. Sometime. They do. They do okay. Okay. Yeah. Not. Not amazing. Here they come. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, I have a a couple of notes about the minute. I feel like today's gonna be light. Yeah. Uh. I mean, one of the things that they talk about in the commentary is they had originally done a whole lot more of effects work and, um shots of Ro- of Rohirrim firing arrows mm-hmm. and more arrow and the 
they originally were going to plan for a lot more arrows and reaction shots of the Mumikill reacting to being shot. Mm -hmm. And they just decided that 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 wasn't great. It just made them think about uh, circus elephants and they hated it. No, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. So they just like, no, we're not going to we're not going to do that. We're going to show as little of the Mumikill like reacting to being shot as possible because we don't want to build empathy for the the. The thing the bad guys are riding into battle and slaughtering all these horses with. But like, I I feel bad for them anyway. Okay, so I I I know. But you don't want to go too far because it's the antagonist. Like I know that we've talked about this before because I have memory of this place. But, um, the canonically, they the the Oliphants. Yeah. The 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 Mumakil, um, they are, like bloodthirsty. Yeah, they're aggressive animals well no they're not they're not just aggressive they are bloodthirsty they're they're carnivorous what do they eat right exactly people i guess horses right like shouldn't there be some mumakils picking up some horses and chomping down on them i guess ew Mm, snack size that is that is not a, a carnivorous like there's no way like uh yeah a carnivorous thing being that big when i mean but then again what other megafauna exists in Harad? Yes, exactly. So what hunts these things? No, what do they hunt? But also, what hunts these things? Are these like apex predators? No, they're predators? the top. They're the apex predator. Uh, humans are always the apex predator. I don't know about that. Wherever, in a world where these things yeah, exist. I guess. But like wherever humans exist, they man... I mean, literally, they are on top of them. Yeah. I think... I mean, we talked about this with Joe. I think this is a lot of... Uh, if you conceptualize these things as aggressive carnivorous creatures, this has to they be don't have, an enormous amount of work. They do not. Ha- they don't have the mouth structure to be carnivorous. Are you going to tell them no? Yes. Stop eating that horse. No, I don't think so. I think it just does what it wants to do. I mean, horses are occasionally omnivorous. Um, the time I was riding a horse and dropped an egg. It was the horse riding exercise where we had to balance an egg with a spoon. Uh, and the horse was just like, oh, thanks. Yeah, the horse just ate the egg. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, there's, there's something unsettling about the idea of horses eating meat. Right? I don't know. It just. I mean, chick- chicken eggs are borderline. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's really weird. I was like, um, are you supposed to be eating that, friend? And I was, like, trying to get him to, to just keep going and he uh-huh. was like no nah, i'm eating this ah, it's good for my coat this is happening <laughs> and i was like oh okay well all right yeah they talk about the construction of the like the towers on top of these things they're made of bamboo and metal yeah uh which is relatively clear to see like it's mo- you can definitely see bamboo in the construction they concepted them as something that they would lower onto the back of a mumakil through like some big pulley system mm-hmm. and would unfold so that when they were taken off they could fold up to be like stored oh like a collapsible like um awning yeah so like like wrapped up like a like a teepee or a or a or just like a really like a like a longhouse style tent you just like wrap it up and just stick it somewhere else when you when you uh set down somewhere more permanently until you have to use it and they just lower it on top of the momakil Strap the belly straps on and it unfolds. Honestly, I think that adds to the, um, like the the problematic racism of of these. I just can't what think of another. Said. I just can't think of another way to concept like 
how they would put these things on other than like them being collapsible. Like a collapsible, like a camp chair. Right, I, right, yeah. They, they use the word, Richard Taylor uses the word TP. No, I know, but I'm just saying, I think that adds to the problematic racism of this thing. Yeah, probably in some ways. Because they're taking from indigenous cultures and using it for the, like, bloodthirsty the evil guys. antagonists that are all, like, brown people. Yeah. yeah, no, that is... They also, at this point, they also at this point talk about, um, because they felt locked into certain design principles for the men of the West and wanting to put like design, like putting designs influenced based, by Pacific Islanders yeah, they into the, the movie. They of, did it in Harad. Do they, did they base some of them off of like the Maori people or just um, Pacific uh, Islands? Papua New Guinea and uh, a couple of other things they mentioned, they call out more specifically. Like they mentioned New Guinea when they're talking about Harad. I mean, that's admirable. The the intention is good, I right? Think, like they felt like, they felt locked into the, the men of the West looking like classical European stuff. The the whole the whole thing is, I mean, yeah, we we talked about it already, but it bears yeah. repeating. I think the whole thing yeah. is like unfortunate, rooted in in. If you feel locked in to your design choices, you, you know, like yeah, that that you need That's to a re-examine. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could have done this. You could have done the elves this way. You could have see that would have been ah uh, well. I that's still I that's a whole other like. Yeah. Uh, but like if they if they trope. felt if they felt locked into especially the like the men of the west in the movie to them looking like the traditional like knight in shining armor stuff for like most of their design. That's like understandable given where like the work comes from the elves seem to me like one of the one of the best races to just kind of change the whole design of yeah you don't have i mean yes these cultures are rooted in like real world mythology because that was the whole point of why he wrote it but you don't have to necessarily do that in your adaptation to the screen right like it's cool that you pull from like real world culture um, for some aspects, but you can also just make stuff up. Yeah, the um, I think the elves specifically in in my brain are like easier to just like adapt away from any of the sort of traditional Western imagery that people are just pe- people feel like they need to associate with like the men of the West in the story. In part because Rohan is so steeped in like Viking and Celtic stuff, so like you wouldn't expect them to look any different. Hmm. Um, but the elves, we already know that like there are really distinct design. Uh, th- there's distinct influences for like the elves of Rivendell and the elves of Lothlorien. So you could have like a lot more variety in their design. Yeah. Unlike um, like the the men of Middle Earth in the West, all are supposed to be descended from like a single design point. So while there's variation, like there's a lot of it to trace back into similar kind of like beginnings but the elves you don't necessarily have to hold to that same thing yeah but also same with like literally any other group of people you could do it with the dwarves too the dwarves could also look super different i but like also the men of the east yeah right like they could do anything with them so like but i think my point is making all the the good guys quote-unquote um western european and making all the bad guys um not western european right that is the problem with a capital t capital p yes i agree so like 
I don't know. They literally, like, instead of, of, um, like, an indigenous, which, like, yeah, again, it's admirable that you want to include some of these cultures in your work, especially because you're filming in, um, New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so, like, paying homage to the nations of, of the, the Pacific Islands, like, that's cool. Yeah. But it's also the way, like, the intention is good. Yeah. The end result not so much, I think. Right. Um, this is. I think this is one aspect of these, of, of of several aspects of these movies that have not aged well. Right. Um, you could literally base the men of the like East on any like this. Just uh, it's 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 yeah. This is a hard thing, right? Like, it is a hard thing. Like if you're gonna base them on a real world culture, what do you choose? I don't know. I was thinking like um like eastern european like um byzantine and and russian um yeah. and and slavic uh uh culture which is which they they used for some of gondor um, yeah. we talked about how the the thing is like based off of um the the yeah the architecture is more based on byzantine, uh, stuff. byzantine like yeah yeah um don't make all your bad guys not white people yeah for the love of god Right. Please do not <laughs> make some of your good guys like also not white right. people. Right. That that like that's kind of what I'm also saying too. Like if they felt like they were locked into what the the metal Middle Earth were going to look like, they should have done. They should have incorporated this stuff into the elves, in my opinion. But I think that's just a different, a whole other bag of worms with the elves. Yeah. Like being tied to nature and like the quote unquote, like the 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 noble savage trope, you know. Yeah, so. in the um, I mean the elves are from are primarily influenced from uh like the fae, right? But we don't know what the fae look like. The fae the fae don't exist, right? <laughs> like Middle Earth doesn't exist. You could literally just make everything up. Yes, you know. Yes, like there's they, nothing. It... There are there are certain descriptions that when you're adapting it, like descriptions of right, armor like and the, stuff that you're the, gonna follow the the white the white city. Yep. Um, uh, descriptions of parapets descriptions of trees bless them yeah uh, <laughs> descriptions of trees and bushes yeah um like just calling the the uh the golden hall metacell kind of locks rohan into beowulf style design like preferences i don't i don't agree with that i don't i don't because the the word has meaning separate from this work yeah no i know but like it's also and it was like the Rohirrim were concepted intentionally to be, like, those people. I guess my point is, whenever they inevitably remake this, we have seen this version of this story. Yeah. I don't want this version of this story again. Right. I want, I want diverse Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That's what I want. Yes. That would be great. So, I guess that's my point. I'm saying, like, um, the, Roh- the Rohirrim specifically, like, are the ones that words that are used by the culture right, words know, used to describe I know them that i know that their language is rooted in it's also old english old mostly. english yeah that's fine you can have a a real world language and like like that but you don't i don't think it's tied to um like a visual aesthetic necessarily mm. i don't know i Language, I mean, language is really heavily tied to the aesthetic of its culture. Yes. 
So like languages that you use, like convey certain things about cultures that might be visual. Like you picture certain things when you hear different languages. Yes. However, like I said, we have this version of Lord of the Rings. It's not going anywhere. I don't want this version when they remake it. Right. (laughs) I'm... The the Rohirrim are the only culture I think that have anything really like, like I I don't even want to use the word hard coded, but like the way that they're described and the way that they're they're used and like words about them that feels like it has a design intent behind it more specifically than the rest of the races in Middle Earth. Right. However, you don't need when you're at adap- when you're adapting a story, you don't need to um have it be a a strict adaptation like this is it doesn't need to be leashed to those descriptors of in a book that was written like over 50 years ago right it can be like a loose adaptation it's fine like you know that's 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 what i'm talking about yeah i think you're 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 stuck in the the tree stuck in the tree yeah you're stuck in the tree and i'm up in the tree i'm over in the 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 tree house maybe that's possible that's i feel like we're we're having a conversation not about the same thing, I feel. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Because <laughs> I would like to see a diverse movie. And my when I hear that word, my brain first goes to diverse casting. Yes, yes, And not absolutely. necessarily, like, costuming. I, um, I, I want... I guess it's where my brain, like, goes yeah, first, yeah. is casting, not costuming. No, that's, that's what I'm also talking about. But, like, I think... It is fine to take more liberties with your adaptation, especially because this one already exists. Yeah. I I mean, and for the most part, this one's already, like, really good. There's a handful of things like this right. with the moment kill. Yeah. Like I said, this isn't going anywhere. It's not going to ruin our childhood if they no. re- when they remake this. Like, no. you know, it's fine if, if they want whoever ends up doing it like right i want i want to see something new like because i think the core part of this story is what's important not the um trappings in which it happens Mm. like the core themes and the message and um like what the characters um bring and and do um and like that's what matters not like what they look like doing it Mm. yeah i wonder you've just like made me think i wonder how much stuff design wise wonder i wonder just how much um control or like uh veto power the tolkien estate has with anything that has to do with lord of the rings yeah and that's also part of it Um, because like to their mind like, the point of these stories is to be a mythology for England, so it should always be partially English the way it looks. Which is something I can understand. As long as, as long as, as that happens, um, we're always going to have this problem and, and problems that are rooted in, in imperialism and colonialism. Yeah. That's true. Like, full stop. So. Right. Your move, Tolkien Estate. Yeah. Like, I, I... I get this. I I would definitely understand like this want to be like my my grandfather or whatever envisioned this as the mythology of England. So I want it to always and look that's that way. Fine. 
it's not going anywhere. That's right, like that's exactly. my thing. Yeah. Right. But I, I can I can I can see why someone would be like, but that's that's what my grandfather wanted, so I'm not gonna sign off on anything else. I I and I think that's a mistake. Yeah, I agree. Like I I like these movies because it makes this story accessible to audiences. And I think like especially at the time they were made. And I think the world has changed enough in the past 15 years since this came out that whenever it does um reemerge as some other movie or or show or or whatever yeah. um I think that again like the story is important so why wouldn't you want it to be relatable to as many people as possible? Yeah. I mean, that's a sentiment I agree with. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's my point. That's a sentiment I agree with, but, like, I can't do nothing about what the Tolkien is saying. No, wants. I know. That's why That's why I'm, like, you're moved. <laughs> and like, but I think it's a conversation, because we're talking about um, just, like, storytelling in general. Like, right. You know? Right. I mean, I mean, in this discussion, like, is also, like, Talking around like um, authorial intent and and death of the author and stuff too. Yeah, but again, the work isn't going anywhere. Yeah, and I think the more an adaptation already removes itself one step from the source material anyway, like that authorial intent, like the the like separating right. the author from the work. Right, unless the author is literally involved in the adaptation. Unless the author is literally a trash uh, pile. Um. <laughs> Yes. We harp on that enough. Yes. It's okay. No, yeah. Unless the author is explicitly involved in the writing of the the adaptation. Yeah. Which isn't really all that common. No. Have you seen Holes yet? No. Oh my god. Was the author involved in that? He wrote the script. Oh, that's awesome. It's amazing. I, I love that movie. Um, I mean, there are times it works, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Princess Bride, too, right? I'm not 100% sure, actually, on that one. I thought... I think so. Yeah. I think... He, I think he was at least like a script supervisor or something. Yeah. I don't know if he wrote the screenplay. Um, I, mean, I know the book is pretty different from the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I started reading the book and I wasn't like into it because I was like, oh, the movie's awesome. I'm going to read the book. And I'm like, this is not. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> not to be like so off topic, but I think the conceit of like the the story of the book being read to a kid like by his grandfather. Yeah. Just pulls you into the movie so effectively. Yeah. That if the book is just a book i think it it your mindset's totally different about it that's true but yeah no i think the um enough of it goes it's always going to be tied to the um original work i think as you know cuz it shares like a title yeah um even if it's like loosely based off of this like all of that baggage and all of that weight that's tied to whatever it's based on comes with that yeah um but I think, like, I also think, like, enough, enough of the, the other artist, um, cause, like, you know, like, this movie is a very, um, accurate, uh, like, loving, um, like, attention to detail, um, adaptation of The Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But there are moments, I mean, I'm sure we'll, we've talked about them before, and I'm sure we'll talk about them next week, where, like, this isn't Tolkien, this is, like, Peter Jackson's. Yes. and This I isn't mean, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, this is Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And everywhere that they could, where they didn't feel like 
because they're trying to do a pretty accurate uh, adaptation of the book. Everywhere they felt like there's not a description of this. What can we do to make it as like yeah. as our own as possible? Yeah. They did that as much as they could or as they felt like they could. Right. Which And is, that's good. And some of it, you know, it's just part of the nature. Flat. It's just part of the nature of adaptation. <laughs> yeah. And Tolkien uh pretty much only described objects. Right. And and surroundings and not buildings that often. Yeah. Metaseld is one of the the uh, big exceptions to that. Mm-hmm. And I think he also describes like the the tomb of the stewards in pretty pretty good detail in the houses of healing. And they tried to keep to those we descriptions don't even as much as they can. We don't see the houses of healing. In I know. We see it for barely, like what, two just minutes. <laughs> yeah. But he's the a, one the one time he like describes the thing. They're like, "Oh, we're not using it." <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, "Yeah, we don't need that." Like Bree is really well described overall, yeah. I think. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh I guess that's a, a long-winded podcast way of saying, you know, whenever they decide to remake this, I get I'm for it as long as like I they're not trying to do like a shot for shot redoing of this cuz that's dumb. And what's the yeah. point? Yeah, oh, what's the point of an adaptation? I mean, so <laughs> I don't have a lot of faith of us not getting something like that as long as Amazon is the people that have the rights to this because they bought like all the props from New Line to use in their new show. Yeah. But, okay, the thing about the new show is, like, it's so far removed from the what when this is occurring. Right. It makes sense but to it, use some of the yeah. props because it's like, oh, it, it's the history. Because it's like the... the it's it, about the fall of Numenor. No, I know, know. I know. I know. Dude. I Does know. that mean that they bought the hot Sor- Sauron costume? Like, are they going to use that hot Sauron costume? Did they film that? Huh? Did they even film that? I thought that was, that died in storyboard. Maybe, it, I don't know. I think that they, I think they, no, they filmed something. Because in the final battle in front of the Black Gate, that troll that Aragorn goes off to like 1v1 was originally Sauron. They painted over it. What? I'm pretty sure. Nuh-uh. Yeah. I thought that died in storyboard. Are you kidding? I think I think so. I think that's something they talk about, that they painted over that, because originally that was going to be his fight, the beginning of the fight with Sauron. I just want to know who they cast as Hot Sauron. <laughs> right? Who is Hot Sauron? Priorities. Uh, but if that costume exists, I guarantee Amazon's using it. Uh, Which is fine. It's never seen the light of day. Right. But because it's Numenor, and they bought the rights to props, I bet that they, just, they are, are going to reuse an absolute crap ton of a the... Bug the uh minister set yeah for numenor that's fine we only see like a small fraction of it anyway so yeah but i, I guarantee you that's most of what they wanted to buy the rights to props for i mean that's was minister fine yeah that's fine i don't have a problem we're with gonna that. get to probably like the same tree yeah whatever because the sapling is brought from numenor to minister <laughs> so we're probably gonna see the exact same tree which is hilarious to me yeah but like there's all this stuff like amazon clearly bought the rights to this so they didn't have to do design work to cut corners and whenever that comes out and i think that um people not just like in america or europe but probably like all over the world anytime something is lord of the rings they now they expect it to look like this that's like what probably most audiences expect and pro- and want i mean we talk about the hobbit a lot but like that's a problem it is a problem with well it's a problem with them because there are things that are clearly intended to not look like they're from this, blended right. with things that do. That's the problem with The Hobbit, mostly. 
The problem, Visually. Okay, the problem with The Hobbit is, A, it shouldn't have been three movies. No, it should have been two. It shouldn't even have been two. It should have been, like, one really long freaking movie. We would have sat... This movie is four hours long. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. If they released The Hobbit as one big movie... The Hobbit should have been a G-rated two-hour movie. No, 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 no. PG. I guess. It should... I guess. The Goblins, objectively scary. The Wargs objectively scary. scary okay pg for some frightening images for, that's for that's for fantasy the, fantasy violence yeah uh some frightening images and you don't do the battle of five armies you have bilbo get knocked out exactly. like a chump yeah and then wake exactly. up exactly but then we miss out on party dad so you can still have thranduil the the the, the but we the don't dwarves. get to see we don't get to see Swagstag holding seven orcs for him to behead all at once. You know what? As beautiful as that moment was, I literally forgot about it until you just said it. Right. So, like... Swagstag. You can just have <laughs> Lee Pace lounging dramatically on a throne. Yeah. I will pay good money to see that just that. <laughs> I think two movies feels right for The Hobbit. Just because I feel like there's a lot of stuff you would cut out to cut one two-hour movie that you would feel would be missing from the story of the hobbit unlike these movies these books where there's just all kinds of stuff you can trim yeah, i guess because because uh, the hobbit's like essentially a children's book and everything like leads into the next thing so completely yeah it's not quite the same as like the way that the lord of the rings was written i don't know that's that's my two cents i think two movies felt I right i think i think the tone should match the story that you're telling Yes, and it doesn't. And I think that's why, like... Like, the fir first, like, hour of the first Hobbit movie? Good. More songs. Please. More songs, more poems. When they started What's singing... that guy's name? What's what's the, the guy's name that played, um... Uh, Thorin? No, not Richard Armitage. Um, he plays the... The one that talked... Smog, the great and terrible, like a furnace with wings. Ah... That actor. I can't remember that actor's name. He's great. I don't know. More from him. Uh, which which dwarf are you Bofer? talking about? The one with the pipe and the, the like, Ushanka hat. Oh, uh, isn't his name James Nesbitt? James Nesbitt. There we go. I couldn't remember his name. Yeah. I haven't seen those movies since they were in theaters. He was the other one that I, he was the only other one that I recognized. Mm. Um, because I'd watched uh, Jekyll. The, the BBC series. Oh, does he play the lead in that? Yeah, and he's Ooh. scary. Mm. <laughs> he's frightening. So I was like, wait, he's he's like this lovable, goofy dwarf in this? Alright. That's unnerving. Right. Give me more of the movie that's like them singing That's What Bilbo Baggins Hates. Oh my god, yeah. They broke into song and I was like, I was so that's happy. That's the best scene in the Hobbit trilogy. I'm... I'm not going to apologize for saying that either, if anyone like, gets mad at me. That's the best scene in the Hobbit I, trilogy. I like Riddles in the Dark, but whatever. Eh. To each their own. To each their own. You mean you didn't like the scene where Legolas climbs up that falling set of stairs for no reason and then shoots like five arrows into an orc's face or no. whatever? No. <laughs> whatever happens there? No. And I'm just disappointed that they turned Bard the Bowman into, Bowman into a, a grim dark protagonist. But whatever. Oh. The the one that uh, the one that looks like Orlando Bloom. Yeah, Luke Evans. Yeah. Right, that's his name. Yes, it is. The <laughs> he looked more like Orlando Bloom in that movie than Orlando Bloom did. Yes. <laughs> what is Will Turner doing Which in my Hobbit movie? <laughs> he looks like Will Turner. Yes, he does. <laughs> but I think we're done here. Uh, yeah, I, um, we've been done. You know what? 
I um I'm gonna eat this, my words, um, whenever we get to them, but I think I'm excited to revisit those Hobbit movies. It's time. I have not seen them since theaters. Yeah, me either. Other than I think I watched the Hobbit, the first Hobbit movie, one more time. No, I, I have not seen them since theaters. I know I bought it for you, but Yeah. I, I think I have watched it once. Yeah. I haven't seen the extended ones. God, why would you extend those? One of the things about those extended Hobbit releases is that they also all come with two discs of appendices, and they're numbered 7 okay, through 12. Okay, legit. All right. Maybe they're we numbered, gotta buy those. <laughs> they're numbered 7 through 12, because the first ones are 1 through 6. Yeah. I like all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. All right. All right. Martin Freeman flipping off the camera at every opportunity. Oh, bless. Yeah. Dude, I forgot he was Stop in. Stop following me. <laughs> anyway. This episode's long. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we're from the website DuelingGenre.com. Check us out there. Check out some of the other Dueling Genre-related podcasts, and you can support our endeavors by going to our Patreon, which you can access from DuelingGenre.com slash support. Uh, There's different tiers, but you can pledge as little as a dollar a month and get access to a whole other show, which is cool. Yeah. We are even more off-topic there. Well, I am. Anyway. I've been on a, a, a single bit of Scott Pilgrim Have versus you? the Minute. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, I uh, when Chris Evans showed up. Of course, that's on brand for you. Yes. <laughs> uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about whatever the heck this is. Um, lots of horses dying. You know. <laughs> so many. You can tell when we don't like a minute when we don't actually. We just talk, talk about, about something it. totally different. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to talk about all the horses getting no, stomped on. No, no, I hate that. Though I, I do love the barbed wire. Between the tusks, Mama Kill. That's easily my favorite Mama Kill design. I like the one with like the tusks like, tied to yeah, the tusks. So I heard you like tusks, so I put some tusks on your tusks. Yeah, <laughs> it's got extra tuskies. Yeah. All right. Have a good Monday. Bye. Bye. <laughs>